Welcome to the TigerCast, a podcast designed to tell the story of Warsaw Community Schools and inform our community about the great things happening to serve our students. I'm Kyle Carter. I'm the Chief Technology and Data Analytics Officer for Warsaw Community Schools. Amy's not with us today. We have all served in some kind of capacity. We have something in common here. And when Amy and I first started talking about the idea of TigerCast, my mind went into a bazillion of directions on episodes and, and ideas we wanted to do. Today's episode was at the top of my list, Jefferson Elementary School. I, I think we can say this is definitely a, a place that is all near and dear to our hearts. Um, I spent 14 years of my career as either a teacher or a principal there. And the guests that we have with us today share some similar experiences. So we have Dr. David Robertson, the Assistant Superintendent of Secondary Education for Warsaw Community Schools. We have Mr. Josh Wall, who is the current principal of Jefferson Elementary School. And we have Denny Duncan with us, who will be serving here shortly in the role of a school board member. So gentlemen, welcome. Good morning. Thank you. So just, just so we can clear that up, Dave, did you have a, a role at some point that maybe aligns with today's episode? Yeah, I, I had the privilege of serving as principal at Jefferson Elementary School for two years. Uh, but yeah, I was able to serve in that role. And uh, Mr. Duncan? So yeah, I also served uh, probably before these guys were born, but <laughs> I was uh, principal at Jefferson for, I think, 18 yep. years. So when I started doing the math, the four of us together, and we're the last, we've got the current principal and the three former principals here. I started doing some math. I'm kind of good at that from time to time. 30 years of principal's experience sitting <laughs> in this room right now. That's hard to believe. Wow. Let's, let's talk a little bit about how that job evolved. Jefferson has evolved over time. Um, just education is, is this fluid profession that, that just changes over time. So let's talk a little bit about the evolution of curriculum over the years. You know, I, I was looking through a box of my, my things from, from elementary school. My parents kept some of my elementary school materials, and I came across the spelling book. Anybody remember those spelling books with 20-word lists and you would take your Monday and Friday spelling test? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, it was always that Friday spelling test, like you said, that came along. But too, Kyle, I'm a, kind of a history buff myself, and I was looking across my uh, bookshelf the other day, and I came across an old, from the 1900s, uh, an arithmetic book, and it had some problems in it, and it was like, one of the questions in there was, uh, how many bushels of wheat would it take to make, you know, 60 barrels of flour? And it's just, I was looking through there and it was really interesting to see the history of kind of where we've come from, you know, the 1800s, 1900s to today. And just the kinds of things that we're putting in front of kids with real world problem solving. I look at some of the work that the kids are doing in math now compared to what they were doing in those ancient kind of, <laughs> you know, those, those questions that, you know, related to what it was at the time. We don't know the skills that kids are going to need 20 to 30 years from now when they're adults. So I think that's really what's changed for us is, you know, we, we just don't know. So we prepare them for a world that, that they're not sure what they're going to encounter. We're not sure what they're going to encounter. And so I would say, I would say the curriculum just looks a lot different. It's, it's less skills-based and it's more questions and, and, and deep thinking and critical thinking skills that we challenge them to think through. You know, Denny, you were in the role a long time. Was education like that when you were in when you were serving uh, in, in the Jefferson role? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the big difference is that um, school curriculum has has transitioned from a list of things kids ought to know to a list of strategies that 
that students can utilize to solve problems and figure things out on their own. And at the same time, you see this, um, it's interesting how cyclical things kind of go. And I'm thinking of the sciences of reading right now. And when you look at what's going on in the world of early literacy, there are some aspects that I'm seeing. That I'm like, oh my gosh, like this reminds me of the eighties when I was in elementary school, like a, a stronger emphasis on phonics, phonemic awareness, which that's always been a part of, of effective literacy instruction. But there were definitely some years, especially as, as we as a country were moving through looking at more whole language, balanced literacy, where that wasn't emphasized in the same way. And so there's part of me where it's just like you start to see like that 20 question spelling list, like you start to see some more of that emphasis on can students just effectively and quickly break down a word and make meaning out of it. And so it's just interesting how it, you know, you always hear about those cycles and I'm getting to the point now where I'm able to start to see some of those cycles because I've lived them. It is interesting. We've been around long enough that we have lived through these because I remember even when I first started teaching Basil Reader, um, your traditional story, you had reading skills embedded, a lot of phonics that was reading. And then we evolved to a balanced literacy framework where we had guided reading um, and, and, you know, Fontis Pinnell really became Mm -hmm a huge emphasis in the, in the reading classroom. So this may blend a little bit with the previous question, just a little bit, but let's talk about the practice of teaching. So the, the idea in the classroom and, and what teaching looked like, and I, and I can remember growing up and I had some awesome teachers, but it was to a certain degree, teachers stood in the class, in the front of the classroom, imparted wisdom and knowledge. We modeled it with a worksheet and we received a grade and we moved on. That that what things look like today? I, I think my personal belief is the, the elements of effective instruction are fairly timeless. I think there's some aspects and Josh can probably speak to PBL specifically and taking a look at that delivery model, which is obviously huge at Jefferson with it being a STEM school. Um, but even back to the question before, I, I, I believe great teachers have always done some, some things really well. Like students know what they're going to be learning or be able to do, whether that's delivered up front through a stated objective or it's a driving question in a PBL unit. But it has shifted, Kyle. You're right. There, there's an element where <clears throat> even when I started teaching, this wasn't like done negatively, but we basically, we talked about the curriculum, but then we closed the doors and we taught our class. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a whole lot of collaboration between myself and the two other teachers I taught fifth grade with. So I think that had shift, that has shifted. So I'm hearing professional learning communities definitely Absolutely. is a shift yeah. within that one, Josh. Yeah, that's what I was just kind of thinking, because when I first started teaching at Warsaw Community Schools, we were really having big discussions about professional learning mm-hmm. communities. And I was able to go to PLC Lincolnshire and learn about that particular topic. And I think when I went to elementary school, my teachers often wanted to just kind of close the door and and, and teach, right? And so, um, but now teachers want to engage. They want to collaborate together. They want to talk about, these are all our students. These aren't just my students. And, and so we have that where that's really shifted. I think the evolution of teaching comes in that, where teachers are now a full team and engaged to look at all kids within the grade level and say, hey, you know, we're going to help all of these kids make progress. And they're not just my kids. They're not just your kids, but we're going to help all kids succeed. Well, and I and think that's big change. Yeah, that's become essential because, number one, I think some of the standards have really raised what we're asking kids to be able to do. I mean, I even look at my – I got a daughter in kindergarten this year. <clears throat> what she's doing in kindergarten at Jefferson right now, they're at Jefferson, is, is light years different than what I was doing in kindergarten, you know, 30-plus years ago. And so there's been that shift. But then the some of the challenges that face teachers today are – I feel like have grown 
And so you have to depend on each other and collaborate if we're going to be able to effectively do this. I mean, we've just got probably more students coming in that are, are, aren't as prepared for school and, and then some of the behavioral things. And so because of that, it does really require effective collaboration to be able to be successful. And, and so it's a necessity as well. When I think about the practice of teaching, I, I, I think one thing that's timeless is the fact that the, the great teachers um, have a unique ability to inspire and challenge kids. Yes. And they do that by, by developing relationships with them. Uh, you know, there might be 30 kids in a class, but each kid walks out of that class at the end of the day thinking, that teacher loves me. Mm. That teacher cares about who I am as a person and knows me. And I want to please that teacher. And you know what, it's, I'm glad you brought that up, Denny, because I think there are certain things, you know, I, I brought the four of us together because I thought we would be talking about a lot of differences in educations, but in, in education, but what we're finding is really these cool things have been happening all the time. I know that was some of the conversation whenever, whenever I would speak to future teachers, you know, we were next, we're next door to Grace College at Jefferson. so. You get that opportunity to talk to future educators and ed programs. They would always ask, what are you looking for in a teacher? And I would always tell them, first and foremost, you have to love kids. I can't teach you that. I can yeah. teach you how to be a better reading teacher, but I can't teach you to love kids. That has to be instilled, instilled within you. So, gentlemen, Safety and security has evolved. That's definitely something that has changed over time in school. And I, I can remember, Denny, you would tell me some, um, some stories about what, what things looked like at Atwood Elementary or even Jefferson Elementary when you first served in that role. Thinking back to old Jefferson and such and, and just some of the evolution of safety and security, can you talk a little bit about, you know, we've got safe, secure entryways now, buzz systems. I, identity checks and, and IDs and such. How has that evolved? Yeah, that's, that's a whole different world. In fact, I was uh, assistant principal at Warsaw High School when the building opened. And one of the things that I remember sitting through a lot of construction meetings, one of the things we talked about was building, uh, creating a, a space that was super safe if, if kids had to get out for a fire or something. So there are like 20 bazillion exits in that building. And yeah. and now today it's like, oh my gosh, there are twenty bazillion <laughs> entrances yeah. to this building. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I was teaching in my first years as an administrator, you know, the whole idea of students be at safe, being safe at schools, you know, that's just not even a question. Not never entered my mind. And you know, over the years, you know, Columbine changed. Mm -hmm. You know, it rocked our world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just a completely different world today. These guys deal with stuff that I never even imagined. Yeah, I think, uh, Denny, you're right. It's shifted. You know, we're looking at all those entrances at the high school now, and you feel like you're kicking yourself. I, I was at Jefferson. on the, Maybe the hardest day of my career was the day Sandy Hook happened. Um, I was principal at Jefferson. It was December, and... That one was really hard. I mean, they're all hard, right? But it was little kids. It was, it was elementary. And, and parents, I mean, I remember, so that was a Friday, um, rough weekend. Um, we had a staff meeting on Monday morning to talk through some shifts. And at the time, Warsaw had 
used what we what we called a sally port entryway for our schools and so the front doors were unlocked all the other doors were secured but the front doors were unlocked and most of our schools had the office area right there by the front door and so people would just come in the front door and then they were supposed to go to the office and then at that point they'd be released out i think within a month of sandy hook happening we moved to a buzz-in system and so our maintenance and tech departments were all over it wiring up those front doors and that's when we made the shift to you had to be buzzed into the exterior doors but i had so i had a staff meeting that monday um we as a team just really needed to be able to grieve and you know what does this mean for our kids coming in today and things like that and then i had parents all that next week that were scared i was scared i mean my my kids were at jefferson and it just they wanted to feel like it's secure and so yeah that really like you said denny every tragedy uh brings about shifts but at the elementary level and i think jefferson it just felt differently once that happened i mean i had parents that were why do we have so much glass in front of the school like what do we do to secure that i mean there was just a lot of fear coming out of that and it shifted significantly just how people access our school so we went to a we went from a you know pretty wide open you know there was a time in this district where you just walked in whatever door was nearest to where you parked to that's when we really got tight about access control at our schools and so yeah that that happened during my just you know the two years that i happened to be there it happened in the middle of that no. Well, I'll go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say with that, you know, I've never felt more prepared or that I feel like our parents feel more safe than right. they do right now. We have protocols and we have systems in place that do make our students and our parents feel safe. I mean, yeah. we have two parents here right now. Yeah. And I think you guys have told me, yeah, I feel my, you know, my child feels safe at school. And when we go through these drills and when we prepare, we feel our kids feel safe and we yeah. feel safe because we have those systems, those be, um, buzz in systems. Our, our front staff are, are highly trained to be able to know what to yep. look for and what to expect. Uh, we run, you know, our drills con- constantly. We just, we practice those things yeah. with kids. So they're not afraid. You know, the, the saying goes, we're prepared, not scared. Right. And our kids feel that. You know, Josh, it's hard. I, I try to get to as many of the Alice drills as I can. And what, I cannot help it. I tear up every time. Like I was at the high school doing one, I start tearing up because it just makes me sad that we live in a world where we have to do this, right? Like I'm sitting there watching these little kids practice this, and so I tear up. But one of the things I think that's funny about Jefferson is it's an in-town school, and so I just have to tell a funny story. You know, we've got the playground, and then, you know, some of our elementary schools are kind of out in the country a little bit, and there's not public around. But when I was the principal there, I had a para call in from outside on the playground. She said, you know, Mr. Robertson, there's a, there's a man walking around our playground and he's talking to himself. Like we're really concerned. So, you know, (laughs) being all over school safety, when you're in a school like Jefferson, where you've got the community around, you know, that's a different thing. I mean, you could probably tell stories about grace kids walking through a playground in the middle of recess and that's always fun. But so we ended up calling the police and the police roll up on this guy. Well, he was on a Bluetooth headset doing a business call. It was a business owner right there next door. And he was not very appreciative of the fact that the police came in rolling hot and wanted to know why this, you know, deranged man was talking to himself on the playground but i was thankful that our para like she took initiative saw something that didn't feel right and followed our protocol so to your point josh we we believe the protocols work well it's just that's a unique piece about jefferson where we always joke around it's like grace is on our campus because <laughs> jefferson was there first right yeah. absolutely yeah well and i do i i do remember that i remember when i first started teaching at jefferson you walked right in the front door and you could turn left and right and never go to the office that was just the way it was a really yep. A, a community feel where everyone was welcome and, and willing to come in. And I, I remember when the Raptor system 
first came out. And the, the idea behind the rafter system is to do a, a background check to make sure the individuals coming into our building are, are safe. And one of the conversations that I initially had with a, an awesome family when they came in and they had to scan that ID for the first time, they were like, you don't want us to come into the school anymore. And, you know, I sat down with them and, and, and mm. just reiterated, it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. We want you in our school, but we want to ensure anybody that comes in our school is safe and the right person comes in. And, you know, that, that took a lot of intentionality throughout the year to create moments to bring him and their family in mm. to, to undo what some of that perception in his mind was, but um, couldn't be further from the truth. We want our schools to be safe, but we still want families to be a part of education. Sure. Um, Denny, day-to-day as a principal, what the job look like day-to-day for you? Yeah, that's, you know, sometimes um, from time to time, there's um, always a principal for the day where, um, where somebody gets to come and sort of shadow you. And, and those, those days used to terrify me because I really never knew my day. I never knew what my day was going to look like from one day to the next. So when, when someone was going to come, I used to try to strategically plan like, okay, I'll, we'll do this and then we'll do this. But over the years, it, it's certainly, it's, you know, it's certainly changed. Um, uh, there, there's so many, these guys deal with, um, these guys deal with so many expectations forms and um, things from the state that I sometimes wonder when do they ever get a chance mm-hmm. to, to, um, to do their job, which is, you know, love on kids. But I remember uh, Brent Woodman, who was many years served as principal at Leesburg school before he came to Warsaw. He'd been at, he had been at, um, um, I forget now, somewhere down South, but um, <clears throat> he, he was the guy that when I struggling with something, I always called, and he'd always say, well, now, lad, let me tell you a story. <laughs> Back in the day, when uh, there was a trustee that was his boss, he, he used, to, used to come and pick him up, and, and they'd go fishing for, for the afternoon, and they'd talk through problems. <laughs> and, yeah, these guys, I doubt that you guys have been fishing during That sounds amazing. <laughs> no, we haven't. Josh has maybe been fishing at the creek with some students, but, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I think just over time, that they're just the sense of urgency, the the even during, you know, I think I was school administrator for 25 or 26 mm. years, something like that. During that time, it, it changed for me. Mm. And from, from, from me to, to these guys today, it, it's, it's a different world. Absolutely. I can, I can remember, though, that at the, at the end of the day, you talk about loving on kids. And that was one of my favorite parts of the job. And, you know, there were still moments where there there was a child in crisis for a variety of reasons, maybe something that happened at school, maybe something that happened at home. And those times where you can sit down and just love on a kid and just listen, listen to what's on their mind, listen to what's on their heart. Um, that was something that I enjoyed most about mm. that role. That was one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I think Jefferson is unique. And I'm going to be a little bit biased because we got to work there. And Josh gets to work there and our kid, my kids go there. But I get to work with principals all over the state, and I think I'll look back someday in my career and be like, the, the years at Jefferson Principal were my favorite. You know, that was my favorite because it is such a special school. There's a deep v- value system at Jefferson that is cultural there that I think has been in place for decades, and it's really neat how that comes back. I look back to 
something that had started still when you were there, Denny, but then it still continues in the whole idea of family groups. You know, it's something that you see at most of our elementary buildings down in Warsaw, and it started with Mana Steiner and Scott McClintock and a group of teachers that had this idea to how do we take and Sandy Sandy Mots, and so you know you have this idea of how do we help kids interact as families and help develop that and it's just such a special piece growing out of that and I just I look at that um one of the things I love about Jefferson is you've got a lot of diversity socioeconomically and I just I love that part about it I love the fact that you could have two parent meetings back to back and you just get to interact in totally different ways and um and you get to treat everybody like they're the best because they are and I just think Jefferson is just a really unique building for that it Again, we've got eight great elementary schools, and I don't want to put one above another. But I, Jefferson is just really special to our family, and and the staff there is incredible. And yeah, it's it it speaks that idea that loving kids is still the. I mean, it is at all of our buildings, but especially at Jefferson, I feel like that's such just a huge priority. And and Dave, one thing you mentioned there was just kind of the legacy, and I I do want to just say, you know, I am guys, I'm humbled to be here with you today. I mean, really, there is such a legacy of strong leadership at Jefferson. I'm sitting here with the three gentlemen that have basically set the foundation, and I just I feel humbled to be amongst you guys. I just have to say that because um, there's such a firm foundation and a rock of of like you said family virtues of love of caring and you know i i like denny i have no idea what the day will hold um but i do i just have one motto for myself that i feel like if i live by it i will be doing okay and that's just every student every staff member every day i believe mm-hmm. that if i can at least make eye contact you know something it may you know there's 450 kids so it's aspirational but if i can just get in mm-hmm. and Try to get into the classroom, see every child, see every staff member. I feel like I've I've done what I needed to do that particular day. So again, I I stand on some firm foundations mm. of Jefferson. I'm, I you know the leadership that you guys have have started and created at Jefferson is just incredible. And uh, again, I'm just I'm humbled by that. But well, loving I- on kids and. And doing that is is absolutely, I feel like, the principal's role. And to be student advocate, student cheerleader, teacher cheerleader, mm-hmm. teacher advocate. That's you know, go in each day and try to do the very best we can for that. Well, Josh, I feel like, you know, you and Kyle and myself are just carrying the baton that, that Denny, that you started. And when you look at 18 years at a building, culture's built in five to seven years, right? So when I was able to serve behind you, there was like this big shoes to fill, right? Like, mm-hmm. gosh, Denny Duncan and just, you know, I just the place you held in my mind and heart coming up as an administrator and you built that culture. And I feel like we just continued it. And so one of, uh, w- we were sitting in the office one day, my first year, and it's just, we really wanted to honor you. And uh, one of my favorite, you know, I talk about one of my hardest days as a principal. One of my favorite was, you know, the, if you go to Jefferson now, there's that rock out front with the logo on the front, and then it's dedicated to you on the back, Denny. And at that first year, it was great because your office was right across the parking lot. So all the time I would be like, hey, Denny, can I stop by and ask you about this situation? <laughs> or can you come over? There's a family member here and I need to understand. And so we set it up where, if you remember this, we got all the kids of the school out around that rock. And then I think I called you up. I was like, hey, could you swing by? Like, I've got an issue I need. And when you walked out of that building and saw the whole school standing there, like, that was just a lot of fun. Like, I'll always look back at that moment as just a really fond memory to honor, Denny, the, the culture that you've created that the three of us have just tried to continue to, to grow. Oh, that was one of the really special days. <laughs> it was so fun. It was so yeah. fun. Just so fun. But it's, it's, it's interesting for me to just watch, like, like literally, I think, you know, these guys are younger and just so much smarter. (laughs) 
But uh, the the job is changing. You guys, I think it's harder. You guys than, than it ever was for me, and uh, I just appreciate it. my grandkids mm. are there, and yeah. so um, so it's it's just as special for me. And I love going in and seeing. You know, it's just bigger and better than mm. ever. Well, and I would just I would just reiterate, and what what's interesting about it is the four of us are sitting in a room right now having conversation about Jefferson. But the four of us do have an ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. We still we still work together in some capacity. We're all affiliated with Warsaw Community Schools. Shoot, I can remember my first few years of of being the principal at Jefferson. I think I called you on a weekly basis, Denny. Uh, what would you do in this situation, or <laughs> what would you do in that situation? And you know, Dave, you were you were my supervisor mm-hmm. for six out of the seven years I was a principal. I I just. I can't express enough about how much the two of you mean to mm-hmm. me and my development as a leader and, and my career. I would not be where I am without the two of you. Mm. So I think, again, that comes back to something special about Jefferson. Y- you don't see that where, where leaders from the school continue to interact and touch to, talk to each other and, and have that relationship as the changing of the baton takes place. And, you know, Josh, I got to work with you one year um, when you were an instructional coach at Jefferson, and you know what? I knew I knew instantly when when I was toying with the idea of leaving. You're the guy. Hmm. You, you're the guy for that role because you embody everything that these gentlemen embodied, um, and you would keep moving that legacy hmm. forward. So, um, you know, my my kids continued to go to Jefferson. I still have one there today, and they love the school. They continue to love the school. So don't count yourself short on that one either. You are doing some amazing things. Denny and Dave, count of three, just out of curiosity's sake, last question here. On the count of three, let's say the name of who was really in charge <laughs> at Jefferson <laughs> Elementary School. One, two, three. Dana, Dana Stogsdale. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and uh yeah you're right she she really ran things you think we did but it was <laughs> no it, yeah. it was you, i'm not you, sure that anyway i ever thought i was running anything <laughs> all right hey gentlemen um it, it is it's truly an honor this is something that i wanted to do for a long time so i appreciate you finding a time in your schedules to sit down together mm-hmm. um you're special guys and we all will always hold that together mm-hmm. serving in a pretty special school yeah. so thank you for your time um, and, uh, I hope, I hope we said something that, uh, was entertaining or, or helpful to those listening today. So, all right, gentlemen, have a great day. Thanks. Thanks.